You're listening to the Investing.com's weekly crypto podcast with your host, Clément Thibault. Hello, everyone. I'm Clément Thibault, and welcome to Investing.com's weekly crypto podcast, Cryptalk. Uh, like we usually do, I'm going to lead off by saying that this podcast is for you if you're looking for a quick recap of this week's biggest news. So if you haven't been following the crypto markets exactly and you don't exactly know what's going on and you want to catch up with a little bit of analysis and a little bit of news, then that's great. That, that's what we're here for. Uh, so this is what we're going to be doing today. And uh, let's move on to the topics of the week. All right. So this week, we're going to be opening with uh, JP Morgan or JPM coin. So JP Morgan has become the first major U.S. bank to issue its own cryptocurrency. And that's a big deal, considering that, you know, they they handle about five trillion in transactions every day. So what we're asking is that if this the beginning of mainstream for you know, cryptocurrencies, and if it, or is it just a gimmicky move by JP Morgan? I mean, we all know what Jamie Dimon thinks of uh, cryptocurrencies. He said that they're a fraud. He said a bunch of things. So it's interesting to look at what they're trying to do with this coin. And generally, you know, when one of the biggest banks in the world does something that's related to blockchain and cryptocurrency, it's kind of worth keeping in your eye on. So that's our first topic. Our second topic is going to be Jack Dorsey. So Jack Dorsey, uh, founder of Twitter and Square, which runs the Cash App, uh, where, where you can buy, you know, you can transfer money and you can already buy Bitcoin on Square. And he took part on Twitter on the Lightning Torch experiment, where uh, Lightning Network users just pass around a torch as a symbol of, you know, trust in the community. And that's nice. And he voiced a lot of opinions around Bitcoin and cryptocurrency and what it means for his apps, you know, maybe in the future, implementing uh, both Bitcoin and Lightning Network. So we're going to be going over that as well. And last, we got uh, crypto investor Brock Pierce. Uh, he really, really wants to resurrect Mt. Gox. And now if you don't remember, that's an exchange that, you know, about 600, 700,000 Bitcoins disappeared from in 2014. So it's definitely uh, interesting to see, you know, what he wants from it and the legal problems that he is going to have, is going to be having. And we've seen on Twitter already, uh, him exchanging words with the former CEO of Mt. Gox. So it's definitely, it's another big story, especially if you're in crypto, you know, in a while and you've actually lost money in Mt. Gox. It's, it's an incredible story. All right. So we're going to have these three things today and uh, let's move on. Let's move on to our first topic, the JPM coin. All right. So our first topic is uh, JPM and, and JPM coin. So basically, uh, you probably all know JP Morgan. It's one of the most well-known banks in the world. And it's one of the leaders in banking anywhere. Uh, you probably also heard of Jamie Dimon, which is uh, the CEO. And you also probably heard, if you're listening to a podcast about crypto, what this guy thinks of Bitcoin. And the answer is he doesn't like it very much. He said that it's a fraud multiple times. Uh, he kind of took back some of what he said, but still, he's not a very big crypto enthusiast. And now we have the news that JP Morgan is actually launching its own digital token. Uh, that was reported on Thursday by CNBC. So basically what they will do is they will try to conduct some transactions on a blockchain platform with JPM coin. So what uh, JP Morgan does moves money around, obviously, and they move about five to six trillion dollars uh, every day. So what they want to do is try to move a tiny fraction of that. So we're still talking possibly billions because, you know, trillions, five, six trillions is still a lot of money. 
so and they will try to conduct that on the blockchain with JPM coins. And they will try to do uh, securities transactions uh, for corporations. And they will try to do a bunch of things on the blockchain. Now, every coin is redeemable for $1. And you probably heard that before because JP Morgan are not the first people to issue what is essentially a stable coin. Right? So they, do, they move money around. They represent money with tokens. They move tokens around and they burn them once the transaction is done. Now, obviously, it'll take a few months to get this whole operation up and running. So they're not starting today, but today was the big announcement that they're ready to begin testing everything. So I want to first touch on the stablecoin aspect, right? So the stablecoin aspect, whether it's Tether or other stablecoins, if you're asking, is this really cryptocurrency in the way that many of us think about cryptocurrency? We think decentralized, we think permissionless, we think a lot of things when we think about cryptocurrencies, but stablecoins generally don't fall under that umbrella. So when Jamie Dimon said that Bitcoin is a fraud and him issuing a stablecoin now, it's not really contradicting what he said, because what he's launching today is, is very, very, very far from Bitcoin or any decentralized currency. So that's the first thing. Now, a lot of people are excited for it because, you know, it's a it's a big company moving into blockchain. And so I think it gets a lot of people excited that it's a big company moving into crypto. But the way I look at it, you know, blockchain is a tool It's you know, it's a database where you can amend things and you can do a, you can do some things with it. Right. But the ideology behind crypto is what I think people are getting excited for. And that's cutting the middlemen. Right. That's what a lot of people are expecting to see. That's why a lot of people look at Bitcoin and see Bitcoin in competition with banks because Bitcoin does things that you don't need a bank to do anymore. If you want to pay someone, you know, it's not you don't have any banks in the middle. You don't have any financial system in the middle other than Bitcoin. But JP Morgan moving into blockchain has nothing to do with the ideology and the idea behind Bitcoin. JP Morgan is just trying to leverage a technology for its own use and profit as best as it can, which is exactly what you should expect from a for-profit company, right? That's its job to analyze the best way to do things and take and choose the way that will bring it the most profit. So it's not really a matter of JP Morgan going crypto or JP Morgan going Bitcoin. It's JP Morgan leveraging blockchain technology to make potentially more profits. That's what it is. Now, uh, the second thing I want to address is really XRP. Now, XRP Ripple uh, sees itself as a bank settlement coin. And that's what they always, you know, that's what they were always selling. Uh, that the fact that they will be able to facilitate transactions between banks. And so JP Morgan issuing a coin. Now, if as long as it stays JP Morgan coin, maybe it won't necessarily use to facilitate, you know, interbanks payments. But generally, you'd think that the banks would come up with a way, a better way to do it amongst themselves. And I don't I never saw the reason for them to introduce a third party to handle transactions when, you know, they basically can do it themselves. And I think that this is kind of what JP Morgan aims to do eventually. Right? If blockchain technology can be leveraged to settle payments, they'll find a way to do it on their own and they won't need that third party to do it for them. So I think that the DXRP case has always been, you know, rather weak because why take someone else to do something that you can do yourself? And I think that, you know, banks have been investing in blockchain technology and have been interested in blockchain technology. So eventually, of course, they're going to have the expertise to do and to do it themselves. And I think that this is exactly what JP Morgan is doing. So to recap everything, 
uh, this is definitely bad for XRP. It's definitely not good or bad for Bitcoin because it, it, it in no way competes with Bitcoin. And again, it's it's good for JP Morgan if they can leverage it to actually make more profit than, you know, us potential shareholders and whoever is running, you know, JP Morgan, it's good for them. So that's what I think. I think it's very it has very little to do with crypto other than the fact that it uses cryptographic principles, you know, and applies cryptographic principles. And that's about it as far as I'm concerned. All right. So that's JP Morgan. It's been a kind of a long rant. And uh, let's move on to our second topic today. All right. So our second topic today is actually a lot more uh, pro Bitcoin and, and, and pro crypto than our first one is. And we're talking about Jack Dorsey actually, you know, kind of endorsing uh, Bitcoin. And uh, there's a there's a long list of, of celebrities and people that, you know, you'd expect to hold Bitcoin. So obviously Jack Dorsey is one of them. Elon Musk is another uh, people that you would definitely expect to just hold Bitcoin and, and like it. So Jack Dorsey is one of those people. And he held the lightning torch uh, last week or a couple of weeks ago. So if you don't know what the lightning torch is, it's kind of a social experiment on Twitter where people pass uh, this kind of torch. Uh, it's not really a torch. So what they do is that, you know, they buy it from someone by sending him a lightning invoice. So by having a payment to them. And what happens there is that, you know, they add another, you know, not even a dollar. They had a few cents and they repass it to someone else. And basically, it's kind of a trust thing where, you know, someone will always buy it from you and people will keep the chain moving. And it's a nice social experiment. And it's uh, it's become kind of a status on, on Twitter to hold the lightning torch uh, for a certain amount of time. So that's it. And and Jack Dorsey was part of this. And he voiced some very positive attitudes on Bitcoin and on cryptocurrencies in general. So he said that, you know, it's a great brand and that, you know, there's principles that it's a principled currency, which he liked and believes in as well. And so it raises a few questions regarding, you know, the, the interface between Twitter and Square and Cash App to Bitcoin and the Lightning Network. And on Stefan Livera's podcast, uh, he actually was asked about uh, integrating the Lightning Network into Cash App. And his answer was that uh, we would love to make Bitcoin as efficient and fast and transactional as possible. And that includes looking at our seller base and register. It's not an if, but more of a when and uh, how we do make sure that we're getting the speed that we need for efficiency. So there's there's a couple of interesting things from that quote. So first of all, yes, it, Jack Dorsey is definitely on board for having more uh, Bitcoin payments and, and, and Lightning payments and all that kind of stuff. Now, this is a huge positive for the industry because we've seen, you know, we've seen products that are crypto environment alone. And, and you know, how a few people use, you know, Augur, that is the, the prediction market and a lot of things that are very, very crypto oriented and people just are not very exposed to. Now, imagine having, you know, Bitcoin and Lightning payments on Twitter or on one of the other payment apps that Jack Dorsey owns. That would be huge for Bitcoin. And that really, if you want the number one thing that can help adoption today, it's integration into a major platform like Twitter or Square or Cash App that is already very popular and trustworthy among its users. That's the number one thing that can help us today. If you want to get more users into, you know, cryptocurrency, then yes, this is definitely the way to go. So it's exciting. And I think that, you know, the, the Bitcoin sphere in a way and crypto Twitter 
Uh, it's it's a very it's a very powerful tool, and there's a lot of brilliant people in there that have a lot of reach and that really can make things happen. And I think that really by introducing cryptocurrency to prominent people, prominent investors, and prominent you know technology officers to get them into you know Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. Now, uh, the one thing that he did say is that it's not a matter of if; it's a matter of when. But they only do it when there is efficiency and speed. So. Uh, that means that probably not Bitcoin transactions in themselves, but possibly a layer two solution like Lightning. Now, Lightning requires you to be connected to the Internet all the time, right? But if you look at your phone, your phone is connected 24-7 and it's almost never off. So that would be, you know, the perfect outlet to have, you know, Lightning wallet and a Lightning transaction. And I'm sure that a lot of people, a lot of people, brilliant people are working on this, not only in Twitter, but uh, in many different companies that are building wallets for Lightning, for Bitcoin. So I see this as a net positive. I think that Bitcoin got a lot of positive PR from that whole stunt. So that was a good one. And the fact that they managed to get Jack Dorsey in it, maybe next month, maybe next week we'll get Elon Musk in it as well. And then, you know, the more people can see it, the more people can get exposed to it, the faster we can rebuild trust with users and show them that the technology is evolving that things are happening even though the price is relatively depressed because you know 3600 i wouldn't call that exactly depressed and that's it that, that's some positive news i always love having a positive segment in here that you know kind of points to how uh, the sphere is growing and its influence are growing and people are more exposed to it so that definitely happened this week uh, with uh, jack dorsey on twitter all right, so let's move on to our third topic of the day, uh, which is a lot less joyful and happy than Chag Dorsey on Twitter. We're talking about Mt. Cox. All right, so Mt. Cox is in the news again. Uh, if you haven't heard, Mt. Cox in 2014 lost about 650,000 Bitcoins or so. So it was an exchange that had the theft going on for you know, several years. And once they figured it out or once it got out, it was way too many Bitcoins. And obviously the exchange went down. The exchange at the time was about 70% of all Bitcoin transactions. So almost all the volume was through there. So it was a big thing and it was a big deal. And it's one of the major reasons why there was such a bear market in 2014, 2015. And and that was really, really a low time for crypto and crypto investors. So hearing about it in the news again is very interesting because you're like, hey, this thing is dead and, you know, it hurt so many people. Why are we talking about this again? So Brock Pierce, a crypto investor, actually wants to turn this around. So what he wants to do is, you know, he claims that he has ownership over what's left of Mt. Gox and he wants to bring it to life and the, its idea is that, you know, he will set up a new exchange. Everyone that was hurt in the original Mt. Gox would get a stake in that exchange. And this way, you know, they'll be able to repay everyone and actually, you know, get people their money back, all the money that they lost in Mt. Gox. So that's what he wants to do. And basically, you know, why not? Get people their money back. You know, that's that's an initiative I can get behind. Uh, but uh, Mark Carpellist, which is Mt. Gox's former CEO, said a couple of things. First of all, he doesn't own Mt. Gox, and that's one of the major pain points that has been going on between them. So uh, Brock Pierce actually claims to own Mt. Gox and everything, but Carpellis says that he doesn't and that they never they never finalized the sale. So they both admit that there were talks to sell the business at some point, but it was only a letter of intent. 
and that you know the courts that were supposed to approve this letter because obviously Mt. Gox was already you know bankrupt and going down the court never approved the sale so that's at least what he claims now one thing that you need to know about Carpellis is that he was charged with manipulation and embezzlement uh, for his role in Mt. Gox going bad so you can obviously understand why tensions are rising high now, Carpellis again says that he never bought the exchange from him and that it's not his. Now, one other thing that they're debating about is about a surplus of funds in Mankauk. So basically, uh, Pierce claims that there are about $800 million of extra, but Carpellis says that there are no extras, meaning that once you repay everyone everything, there is absolutely nothing left. So it's it's a very interesting you know it it really brings up a lot of memories for a lot of people and they're not necessarily sure on how to handle it and one of the things that you you know that come up to mind is that okay say you rebuild Mount Gox really do you really think that people will come back to an exchange that did that to them like basically do you think that they will go again to the exchange on which they lost so many bitcoins and I really don't think so I mean some brands have done so bad that they should die and that's about it now if you want to set up a new exchange sure why not if you want to if you want to set up an exchange and give back to the people who lost on an exchange sure why not again i can get behind that but but mount gox seriously just leave it alone let it die it's a dark you know piece of history from you know crypto world and that's where it belongs in my opinion i mean i don't see i don't see any salvation possible for mount gox so given into account the fact that there are ownership problems and brand problems and everything i don't really see how this venture succeeds like i'm not exactly sure on how the plans on turning around something as notorious as mount gox uh, but again good luck you know if 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 whatever brock pierce does helps people get their money that they lost back in 2014 then so be it you know i'm on board as long as it's you know as long as it doesn't hurt anyone else i'm definitely on board all right that's a little bit of mount gox in the news for you and those are the three major things that happened this week in bitcoin so let's head out to the outro all right that's the outro so thanks for being here every sunday i really appreciate that you're taking the time to catch up on the news with me here today as always the address for comments is probably uh investing.com article that comes up with this podcast in it so if you're there uh, just scroll down a little bit you'll see a comment section and uh, you can also head on to investing.com to hear it and if not then my twitter or investing.com's twitter uh, both work my twitter is at c-l-e-m-t-h-i-b-a-u-l-t which is just a short version of my name to make it easier for anybody to find it uh, all right and that's about it so we'll be here next week talking about uh, more developments in crypto world more things that are happening in bitcoin because this world never stops surprising and there's always news to talk about all right so that's it thanks have a great week and i'll see you next sunday